Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. And welcome to another edition of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing here on the Motor Racing Network. As always, my name is Chris Wilner from the Concord, North Carolina studios here at MRN. Kyle Ricky out there in Connecticut, and it was so good to see you this past weekend in 3D out at Stafford Motor Speedway, my first ever time. And uh, we got to see quite the show out there as well. Uh, appreciate the hospitality, my friend. Yeah, thanks for coming out. It was excited, or I was excited, to see you coming up the grandstands and hanging out with us in the tower all night. Uh, you were in for uh, a great race program, uh, great night weather-wise. Uh, so, yeah, you picked a perfect night to come. What'd you think? I loved it. I thought the facility was state-of-the-art, especially all the new renovations. The double-hooked bar was obviously one of the favorites, but all the concession stands and the merchandise, and everybody was just super welcoming, which was awesome. You know, a couple people stopped, and I told them it was my first time there, and they're all, you got to, you know, stand over here and watch them during, you know, the heat races or the qualifiers, and then go sit over here for the features, so... Uh, but it was cool to hang out with you guys um, in the broadcast booth. And obviously, uh, for all the folks that can't make it to Stafford, you know, you can watch all season long on Flow. And that's kind of the perk of of the, the merger with Flow this year and all the NASCAR routes is you get to watch Stafford each and every week. And it was really cool to see the behind the scenes of that. So, had a lot of fun. But uh, I'm ready to get back up there. Hopefully, maybe next year I want to go for the Sizzler. What do you think? That's the one to come to. Uh, if you can't come to any more this season, uh, the, the Spring Sizzler next year is going to be pretty awesome. Planning's already underway. I bet. Yeah, you guys don't don't rest over there, that's for sure. Well, we got a great show for you guys coming up. Uh, we got Sammy Smith, who just captured the big Red Bud 400, one of the super late model marquee events of the year out at Anderson Speedway. But that's not all we're going to talk about. He's got a plenty full ARCA schedule, as well as, uh, I think, eight more races in the NASCAR Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs Racing. So Sammy Smith's doing a lot of racing uh, here this summer, so we'll talk all about that coming up, as well as our debate segment and the race weekend calendar ahead. But Kyle, we uh, had a long list of winners here this weekend. It was a busy weekend of racing, whether it was on the dirt or on the asphalt on Flow Racing. Uh, but we're going to kick things off with our top seven winners of the week. And I have to start out with Anthony Nacella because going from fourth to the win in the final lap is impressive. But boy, it was drama filled out there uh, in a big time race out at New Hampshire in the Magic Mile. Yeah, I mean, fourth to first in the final what 150 yards Something of the race like maybe yeah. another spectacular race by the nascar wheel and modified tour at new hampshire they never disappoint patrick emmerling eric goodale they were racing for the lead they wrecked coming off of turn four coming to the checkered flag and uh yeah anthony nocella fourth to first was able to sneak by them all on the inside and, and claim the win his first on the nascar wheel and modified tour so pretty great race uh you know, I mean, the Modifieds very rarely don't put on a good show at New Hampshire, but uh, this was one for the for the ages. Absolutely. I don't think anybody was sitting down those final two laps. They could sense something was going to happen. But for Anthony to win two in his family car, he's from Massachusetts, yep. 
a low-budget team going up against the Eric Goodales, Patrick Emmerlings. I mean, Justin Bonsignor was up there in the top five. I mean, that's got to be a confidence booster in itself and puts certainly his name on the map. Absolutely. He doesn't run full-time on the tour, has not in recent years, but uh, this is maybe the boost that he and that team needed to maybe run more races, contend for more wins, because they always say once you win your first, the others come a bit easier. So we'll see if that holds true as he runs not only the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, but many of the other uh, touring divisions and a lot of the open modified shows up here in, in the Northeast. They've got a week off. Claremont is next on July 29th. And boy, the point shakeup, Kyle, with Ron Silk's wreck on lap number 28. I mean, I think he's got, what, less than a 10-point lead in the points. And, and the top five really are all separated by a good, decent chunk. But it could be interesting once we get to Claremont. Yeah, over John McKennedy, who is second in points now, just 10 back. And how about Justin Bonsignor? Uh, only 25 points back, fourth in points. Finished last, what, the first race of the year, yep. then came back and won, and then finished last again. Uh, a roller coaster start to the year, and we thought, all right, maybe one mulligan, he could come back, but probably not two, but here he comes. So uh, we'll see if, if the 51 team can win yet another title this year from some adversity to start the year. Yeah, he said don't count him out, so we'll see. Justin Bonson here in the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour, again, back in action July 29th at Claremont. Now, Kyle, our number two winners, the guy we're going to have on the show and certainly one of the busiest race car drivers when it comes to some of the national stuff here this summer. That's Sammy Smith. Uh, we'll talk to him here in a little bit. Uh, winner, finally, I guess finally, he's only 18, uh, winner of the Red Bud 400, but he had competed in the race two prior times, finishing third and second. Uh, great race, led a bunch of laps. In fact, he led all but, uh, what, 21 laps of the event. So congratulations to Sammy. He likes the longer races. Uh, we'll talk more with him about that. Uh, but, you know, Red Bud 400, Anderson Speedway, perfect combination for Sammy to get that win, who's about to be very busy this coming weekend, going to one of the biggest racetracks that he'll probably ever run at Pocono. Yeah, absolutely. And going to pull double duty there with the Arkham Menard Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series. We'll talk to Sammy here coming up, like Kyle mentioned. Our Coast-to-Coast uh, -coast Top 7 winner number 3 on the list. Got to go back to SRX here with one more to go this weekend. Tony Stewart, first repeat winner of the year, picks up his second win out at uh, the dirt track out there at I-55 in Peevely, one of the coolest dirt tracks. If you haven't gotten to see a race there, definitely check it out when the World of Outlaws visits as well as a lot of late model events. But he beats Marco Andretti again, and Marco's probably sick and tired of feeling like a bridesmaid, although he picked up the points lead after the weekend. Third runner-up finish uh, consecutively for Marco Andretti. you got to think that win is coming here uh, in short order. And plus he ran well at Stafford Motor Speedway earlier in the season as well. So uh, he, he's he's done well, but uh, Tony finally getting that win at I-55, a racetrack that saluted him uh, when he ran there back in his USAC days, uh, having to finish second one event. Then I think he was leading and, and, and ended up breaking late in the race in a Silver Crown race. So um, he always wanted to win there, finally got that first checkered flag in what was a rough and tumble night for the SRX series. Certainly was, but a tip of the cap to Kenny Schrader, the local hero who runs... Late models there all the time, and Modifieds picked up a podium finish there, so good to see Ken back on the podium. All right, Kyle, Coast Coast winner number four of our top seven. We go across the border. Yeah, one of my favorite series, uh, the NASCAR Pinty Series, back in action over the weekend in Toronto, running in conjunction with the IndyCars. Kevin Lacroix picking up the race win, holding off uh, former multi-time series champion 
Andrew Ranger, his 16th career win, uh, and now becomes the newest point leader. So congratulations to Kevin uh, picking up uh, that race win on the streets of Toronto. Uh, the Pinty Series back in action at Edmonton here in uh, this coming uh, weekend on Saturday night. Absolutely, and it's so cool to see those cars out on the streets of Toronto. It was an IndyCar doubleheader weekend as well, so really cool to see those series kind of join together uh, and it was good to be back in Toronto. You know, it's been a couple years due to the COVID-19 outbreak, so yep. really cool to see them back in action out there at Toronto. All right, Coast to Coast Top 7, number 5. I'm going to go with B.J. Tidrick, who won his second consecutive Montana 200 at Mission Valley Super Oval. We mentioned uh, Daniel Dye was going to be in attendance with Mark Martin as his crew chief. What a pairing that was. And Daniel Dye almost stole the thing, was up running as high as second before a dead battery cost him the win at the end of the race. But really cool for B.J. to be out there on the national stage stage one of the biggest late model races out there in the west and he's the first driver to go back to back since 2010 so a really cool stat for bj congratulations to him didn't get to watch must most of the race there was just so much else going on uh but did get to flip two at the end and, and he was pretty emotional victory lane which is really cool yeah one of the biggest events in that part of the country so and we've talked about it for a couple weeks now leading up to the uh, montana 200 so congratulations to bj picking up the race win how about we do a pair of winners for number six? Let's do it. We talked about the busy race weekend up here, especially in New England uh, with Stafford in action, all the action at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Well, the Pro All-Star Series, they were in action for a uh, pair of 150 lappers at the White Mountain Motorsports Park. Uh, DJ Shaw and Johnny Clark, two drivers that have been around a very long time in full-body racing up here in New England, claiming those wins on Saturday night for Shaw, his sixth career win, uh, Clark second and first on the weekend, perhaps the most consistent, what was a very good field for the Pro All-Star Series. So congratulations to both DJ and Johnny on uh, picking up those checkered flags. Absolutely. What a job by those two drivers. And we'll round out our Coast to Coast Top 7, number 7 winner of the week. I'm going to go with Casey Call, who won his first career Granite State Pro Stock win at Lee USA, $10,000, but to even beat it, he beat a guy who just won his first NASCAR Cup Series race back at Road America, and I'm talking about Tyler Reddick, who was in the field, uh, went back to his roots running a late model, and he or a pro stock, and he got the job done over Tyler Reddick. So, Casey Call, tip of the cap to you, sir. Excellent job in the key parts 150. Uh, Derek Nealon, which is kind of cool, as Tyler Reddick's spotter on the Cup side, actually entered as a driver as well, and those two went head-to-head with Derek coming out with the top 10, so kind of cool for the spotter to get to race against his driver uh, on the grassroots level, and it's certainly a really great crowd, a really great field of cars. Told you it was a big weekend of racing up here. I, I mean, White and Mountain, that's not, and that's not even the tip of the iceberg either. There was so much else going on on the local level as well. Uh, so congratulations to all of our winners. Absolutely uh, well-deserving. All right, Shout-outs of the week, Kyle. We always uh, try to pick out ones that deserve an extra little shout-out for the week. And, again, it's so hard to pick just one over the national level of racers and local level racers. But because I was there in person, I think it's fitting that I go with David Arute, who picked up the Senators' Cup out there at your home, Stafford Motor Speedway, and the Senators' Cup. What a race as well. As I mean, they were just jockeying for position uh, throughout the night there at Stafford. Uh, but David Arute, obviously family lineage with Stafford Motor Speedway. Uh, but you could tell how much that one meant to him, especially there at Stafford. It did, and it's his fifth win in a calendar year. It took him four years to get his first win last September. He then won the season finale in October and has already picked up three wins this season. You mentioned a great race. Uh, Ronnie Williams, a, a former two-time champion of the division, was up there among the top three. 
Mike Christopher Jr. had his best run of the year. Todd Owen, the current point leader, was among the leaders. One driver that was not, Keith Rocco, had a big, vicious hit in turn number one. But uh, hopefully he's back together, ready to go this week. But overall, a great race. And congratulations to, to David, who I believe gets his second shout-out in three weeks here on the show. Because that was pretty good. I gave him a shout-out a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I know. We're pro- we're not biased. It's just it's certainly deserving, absolutely. And then the second one I had was Jason Corliss. And he won uh, the Vermont at the Vermont Governor's Cup up there at Thunder Road, a track that another one on my bucket list I want to go see out at uh, our colleague Dave Moody's neck of the woods out there in Vermont. And it was really cool for him because speaking of Cup Series drivers that are coming down to the roots to try to run in more late model events, Brad Keselowski, first time in a late model in probably almost a decade, uh, was yep. out there taking part at Thunder Road as well, and he was able to pick up the win, Jason Corliss, uh, part of the ACT Tour with the late models. So really con- really good job by him. Uh, him and Casey Call as two drivers who kind of stuck it to the Cup Series guys this weekend. Who's your shout-out? Absolutely. I like, uh, I'm going to go with a national NASCAR driver, okay. Corey LaJoy. Yes. Running in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour race last Friday, running among the leaders the entire day, and finishing with a top 10 finish. I believe he crossed the line in the seventh spot. So congratulations to Corey, and good for Corey to move into the Modifieds. I know uh, he has an interest. Obviously, his family has come from Modified Racing up here in New England. Grandfather Don LaJoy, obviously Dad Randy LaJoy, have found so much success in open-wheel racing in this part of the country. And now Corey uh, who is a former front row sitter for the Spring Sizzler at Stafford many, many years ago, uh, back in an open wheel car last weekend and, and running well with some of the big door, the, some of the big dogs of the tour, including Ryan Priest, who he often races on the weekends as well in, in NASCAR world. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not easy just to jump in a modified and go race, especially out at New Hampshire, you know, one of the one of the tougher tracks that they race on just because of how big and how narrow the corners are. But really cool to see the success he's had. I think he's got a lot of pep in his step too. You know, off of that Atlanta where he almost won his first cup race there with Chase Elliott. I think he's got a little pep in his step and it was really cool to see him take part in that modified event. Awesome. So those are shout outs of the week. If you've got one that maybe we should include on the show, don't forget when we post this show write in the comments or tweet at us at NASCAR Coast to Coast who you think should be a shout-out of the week. All right, Kyle, we've got one debate topic, and in our go-or-no-go segment, it's it always seems to come back to aggression and late-race <laughs> contact, but Bowman Gray Stadium, obviously notorious. They don't call it the madhouse for nothing. Notorious for the old bump and runs. Notorious for the you know fisticuffs, the fights. But did it go too far this weekend? We had one driver... Uh, well, a little bit upset, I should say. That's really a soft term to use. But used his car as a weapon and sought out another driver not once but twice uh, before they came to stop in the infield. And then obviously all melee ensued. Are we going too far uh, with using cars as weapons at Bowman Gray? Again, I know it's an, it's an entertainment factor. Folks paying you know top dollar to go see races. But is it is it good? This season, Toyota Racing is looking for jugglers. Uh-huh. Not the ones who toss balls or rings. Uh-huh. Fans that can juggle the rigors of a 10-month-long season across many different racing circuits. Well, what if I added knives? What if you added GR Cup, Formula Drift, and off-road racing? If you can juggle it all, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. Formula Drift is a registered trademark of Formula Drift's holdings, LLC. Larson brings his Chevy Ford tires. 
goes to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Too much? Um, It's certainly a different world at Bowman Gray Stadium. It has always been a different mentality at Bowman Gray Stadium. Uh, I think last Saturday night was a little much. I mean, he he not only cleaned them out, but I mean, uh, there was some big time damage there for two drivers that probably spent all week working on those cars. My biggest fear is the infield officials yes. that are running toward these cars and these drivers. I'm not sure I would do that, knowing that there are two very upset drivers behind the wheel of these two cars, but you know, I guess it's in their job description to defuse the situation or to try to defuse the situation. Um, and I don't want to see an official get hurt or worse. And I feel that we're getting close to that. And uh, then, then what, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think it comes to a fact that like, maybe do racetracks start stepping in uh, you know, Bowman Gray. And, you but know, they do, I think, they, in they, most places. Right. They, they do. do. Yeah, but absolutely. Not there. No, they don't. And or they step in when it's too late and they've got you know, police, you know, and law enforcement having to get involved. At that point, it's already escalated. The damage has been done. You know, it's funny. We we, we talk about this subject and it's going to be something that gets talked about all summer long because that's not the last time we're going to see a fight or something like that at Bowman Gray. But, you know, at the Chili Bowl and the Tulsa shootout this year, race director Matt Ward uh, kind of changed his approach and said, listen, if you guys want to go at it and 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 they're settle a dispute, you guys can pull your cars down the front straightaway, come to a stop, and we won't intervene until either of you hits the tur- you know, hits the dirt, and then we'll come in and separate you two. Do not use your car as a weapon. Do not endanger the officials. Do not do that. But you know what? If you want to put on an entertainment show for the fans and settle it, then by all means, pull it on the front straightaway so everybody can see, including our TV cameras. So kind of an interesting fact because I think that's the part that bugs me is using your car as a weapon because at that point, those cars will win 100% of the time against any official or any person uh, that are down there in the infield. And certainly I don't want to see somebody get hurt for them to change the rules. So interesting. But um, nevertheless, that's the madhouse. And, you know, we've talked to drivers from there and they say that's what you expect. And uh, so, I mean, that is is what it is, I guess. It is. But if that happens, and to, our, to your point a bit ago, if that happens at most other racetracks in this country, those drivers are not welcome back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they're in the field on Saturday night and if it maybe continues Saturday night. But I just don't want to see somebody get hurt. And I, I think that's where it's escalating toward. I'm glad we agree on safety. And if you don't know what we're talking about, head on over to Flow Racing. They've got the full replay of Bowman Gray this past weekend. And you'll see it for yourself, and you can uh, come to judgment for sure um, about what you think. All right, well, coming up next, we've got Sammy Smith, the big winner of the Red Bud 400 out at Anderson. We'll talk all things late models, plus his success in the Arkham Menard Series, both the East as he goes for a back-to-back championship, but also in the National Series after two wins this summer, right after he turned 18 years old. Yeah, what were you doing when you were 18? Mine was certainly not racing Arca. So we'll talk to Sammy as well as on his NASCAR Xfinity Series ventures coming up on the flip side of the break here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing.
You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Now joining us via Zoom, it is the driver pulling double duty this weekend coming up, coming up in Pocono, but he picked up a big win in the Redbud 400 this past weekend. We're talking Sammy Smith. Congratulations. Uh, it's been a crazy year for you, but where does this marquee late model win rank up uh, in your list of accomplishments so far this year? Yeah, thank you. Um, I appreciate it. And yeah, I feel like it's uh, probably pretty high. Um, I think there's probably five or six, uh, you know, high super late model races up there that I feel like anyone that runs super late models wants to really win. And I feel like Red Bud is probably one of them on the list. So, you know, it was, it was super, uh, super cool to win that race. I've been, I've been trying the last uh, two years. I finished third the first year I ran it, and then we finished second last year. And then, you know, we were able to win this year. So it's uh, really cool to, you know, win it. Um, a lot of good guys have won it. And hopefully we can just keep this momentum going in. On the super side, um, I feel like, you know, I've been kind of getting my butt kicked this year um, by uh, Byron, but, you know, it's been really good working with him. He's been, it's been a ton of help trying to, you know, get us better, get me better. Um, so, you know, it's been uh, fun working with him and ready to go to IRP next week. So three races or three years in this race, all podium finishes. What do you like about that? those type of race cars, super late models on yeah. that racetrack? Yeah, I think it's honestly really not really the racetrack i think i just like longer races in general the super late mile races that are long um kind of winchester 400 all american the derby i just I, I like the longer races and um you know i feel like it it really clicks with me in my crew chief bond so he's really good you know longer races making good calls of the car and making and having good strategy so um you know i think it really just plays all in the favor uh, anderson's probably one of my favorite uh, super late mile tracks as well so just uh just a fun you know, it was a hot race for sure, um, but uh, we got through it and was able to dominate the race. And I think we led 350-something laps or something like that. I'm not quite sure, but uh, it was a dominating performance. 379. Yeah, 379. that's the official number. <laughs> Give yourself a few wow. extra laps here. Uh, you mentioned dominating, yeah. though. Donnie Wilson, I mean, everything that he's touched this year with that team has turned into race wins, whether it was William Byron or yourself. What's it like running for a guy like Donnie in that organization, especially when you're kind of bouncing in and out of the super late model and running, you know, Xfinity stuff and Arca stuff and, and just how easy is it for you to just jump right in? Yeah, I started with Donnie last year and it's, it's been honestly uh, amazing. I love working with Donnie bond, all the guys on the team. It's been, makes it, you know, super fun to go to the racetrack and, and obviously have a have a shot to win every single uh, weekend you guys we get to the track and um you know it's been it's been good with you know, i think wilson led uh, the 379 i did lead the other ones the other wilson cars led so that was good and you know it's a uh, team performance and all the all the other drivers that you know help help race get the cars better um it's been it's been fun working with everybody and looking forward to uh i think i have uh, five more so should uh, should be fun that's going to be my next question is before we talk about ARCA and some of the other stuff coming up for you on the bigger tracks, what's up next for the late models? Yeah, we run uh, IRP next week uh, with uh, the ARCA and trucks too. So um, it should be fun. And, uh, you know, I've been there in a pro late model a couple, probably two years ago when I first started. And I think we're going to run the blizzard race and then um, I think Nashville and then the Derby. So it, uh, you know, I love running super late models. I really enjoyed it. And, Hopefully we can go uh, keep winning. 
But of course, that's not all that we're talking about this season. It's it's also your big, you know, kind of breakout series season, not only on the Arca East, you know, trying to go back back to back in championships, but on the national level. I mean, you turned 18 in June, so now you can officially run, you know, all the bigger tracks, but then you exploded with two straight wins, you know, at Berlin and Elko. I mean, what's this season been like and and, and do you feel like where you're at as a driver is where you want to be at this point in your career now that you're taking the next step? Yeah, I think so. I think um there's a couple of races throughout the year where, where we didn't win. I think we was out of my control and the, the guy's control. We had some issues, um, but, you know, we were still finished strong. It's just the, that little bit we needed to, to get the win. We had issues. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, we should have, we had a chance to win every single arc race this year. And that's really all I can ask for. And um, we, we put ourselves in a position to do that. And, it just didn't work out, but uh, yeah, for sure. I think we've won um, six, five or six uh, arc races with the East as well. So it's been uh, it's been good, and hopefully we can continue the momentum this weekend in Pocono. Mentioned Pocono Raceway, the Arca Series kicks off the busy race weekend there on Friday. How do you, as a young eighteen-year-old, prepare to go to Pocono for the first time? Maybe one of the most unique racetracks. You'll ever see three different length straightaways, three different corners, a whole lot of learning going to go into this weekend for you. Yeah, for sure. You know, I have think I've had about 10 hours of sim time and with the ARCA car and Xfinity car, just a lot, lots to try to prepare for this. Um, You know, it's, it'll be my first, I guess, big track um, for both cars and it'll be a learning experience, but I feel, you know, really confident. I feel like I've done a lot of homework to, to, to know what I need to do. Uh, we test actually later tomorrow in the Arca car. So that'll help. Um, I think get kind of that track sensation feeling um, out of the, out of right before this uh, Xfinity race, but um, obviously we still have Friday. So I feel, you know, Ty was good there the last two years and I feel confident in uh, all my guys. It should be, should be fun. You mentioned sim time, but you know, it's funny. We talked to Josh Berry, you know, when he kind of made the jump from late models to, to running Xfinity, he said it's actually almost like a little bit easier. Things slow down a little bit. Uh, is that something you're going to kind of expect? I mean, obviously the speed is a little bit greater when you run these bigger tracks, but um, you know, the mechanics of it, you know, how much does the super late model and late model stuff help out when, when you go to bigger tracks? Yeah, I think a little bit. I think the super just, it has a lot of horsepower, especially at short tracks the lower grip short track, just kind of a lot of management, but um, I think a little bit just kind of, obviously it's going to be way different from what I've ever run and what I have been running. So um, I'm excited to get there. And obviously Pocono is probably one, one of the coolest tracks that has cool trophies. So I'm going to go, go get two of the Eagles. Um, That's my goal this weekend. Chris mentioned a moment ago, the Arkham Menards East back-to-back running for back-to-back series championships, a bit of a break in that schedule now but where does that stack up on on your priority list i feel like the list is getting longer and longer you're running nascar national races now you have arca national events super late model events where does trying to win that second consecutive arca east title rank uh, as, as you're kind of in this little bit of a lull in that schedule now yeah i think it's uh it's definitely up there i feel like there's obviously other things on my priority list anything you know obviously winning is is good but um, you know, I think if you can just go to the racetrack and, and win every week, especially on the East, I feel like we've done that. Um, and then we have two more races to go. I think we have like a 27 point lead. So I feel, you know, we just need to go Milwaukee and go win that one too. And hopefully just go into Bristol and, and try to win that too. And then obviously the sh- uh, showdown uh, short track challenge. Um, I think we're leading that one too by 
by a lot of points too. So just got to be consistent. Um, and then kind of my goal is just win races. And then that's kind of just an added on bonus to, uh, to the good year we've been having. But, uh, you know, my goal is just keep trying to learn as much as I can and then try to apply that to the Xfinity car and, and go get good runs out of there. And you mentioned points, you know, I, again, this is a far-fetched idea, but really it's not. You're 164 points out of the lead in the Arkham Menards national standings, and you missed the first four races. I mean, is that kind of in the back of your head? Like, hey, with 11 races to go, if I can, you know, knock off some solid points runs and maybe grab a couple more wins, that you could be in the hunt for that thing at the end of the year? This NASCAR season, Toyota Racing isn't looking for just anyone to join the team. No, we're looking for bankers the ones who are open on Sundays. So if you live for the gravity-defying 31-degree banks like this one on turn four at Daytona, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Yeah, I think uh, I think they do. ARCA does a thing where if you... The first four races or if you... For, I think if you miss one or more than four races, you get uh, you miss the points because you get a bonus point. So I don't think that's a, a realistic uh, goal at this point. But, uh, you know, it really doesn't matter to me. I just want to go win win as many uh, rest of the races as I can. And, and uh, you know, I feel like if we did run all all the races, we we would probably be the, the favorite to win the championship. But, you know, it doesn't work out with the age and stuff. So. Um, you know, we just got to go out and do what we can control and go try to win races. And my final question for you revolves around the Xfinity series. What's your schedule look like uh, going forward there as we now head into the summer months? Yeah, I have uh, eight more races left. So um, different tracks, uh, Michigan, short tracks, stuff like that. So it'll be uh, different uh, going to, I feel like, I think most of them I'll run the ARCA car before the Xfinity race like we are this weekend. So that should help. It's kind of, I think it helps get that the track sensation feeling out for new track, but you get in the Xfinity car and it's 180 degrees from the Arca car. So that's another thing to learn, but it definitely helps, you know, get, get me track time. And um, I enjoy running both of them at the same time. So it uh, should be fun. And speaking of learning, how do you prepare, especially like on the Arca side, we're, we still got dirt tracks coming up. We've got, you know, another road course coming up. Obviously you ran mid Ohio and you got a little taste of the wet too, which was pretty cool. But I mean, how does that all challenge you just when you're trying to prepare, especially on the dirt, doing something that you're not really accustomed to doing? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, mid Ohio was a good example. I've never raced in the rain and that was only my, um, I think that was my third road course race ever. So I think, um, you know, it took me a second to get used to the rain and try to figure it out. And, and by the ha- the halfway point of the race, we were there contending for the win. And obviously, I feel like we should have won that one too, but uh, stuff happens. And But yeah, what answer your question, yeah, I think, you know, just the dirt tracks coming up and then a couple more road courses, I think, um, you know, it'll be, it should be fun experience to learn on and uh, I'm excited for it. 
And then finally for me, uh, you know, obviously this year with everything that you're doing, whether it's the Xfinity side, ARCA, or the late model stuff, what what's the goal? I mean, what is success for, for you at the end of this year looking forward to 2023? Is it, you know, grabbing as many race wins, and is Xfinity the goal full-time next year, or, or are those conversations not quite there yet? Yeah, I'm not quite sure yet. Um, I've got a good management team that deals with all that, and, you know, my goal is uh, the ARCA race on, on Friday, and then uh, – the Xfinity race on Saturday, but yeah, just, just try to learn as much as I can. And obviously, you know, goals to win every single uh, time you show up to the racetrack. But I feel like, you know, the races we haven't won this year in the ARCA has been, I've learned two or three good, solid, uh, I feel like lessons out of it. Um, if that's kind of just across the board on everything, but you know, it's, it's been, you know, even when you don't win, I feel, I feel like you, you learn more when you don't win. And, and when you do win, um, you still learn some, but, the days you lose, I feel like you learn more and it makes you want to go win even more. So we, uh, you know, hopefully go uh, dominate uh, Pocono. Awesome. Well, best of luck. Safe travels up there and uh, look forward to seeing you in action this weekend up at Pocono. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That's Sammy Smith, driver of the KBM Toyota in the Arc Menard Series. Just captured the Red Bud 400 in the Super Late Model. Busy guy this time of year. We appreciate your time and uh, best of luck. Yep. Thank you, guys. All right, coming up, we've got the calendar next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. Just heard from the driver, Sammy Smith, after the big Red Bud 400 win. Kyle, uh, certainly pretty cool for an 18-year-old to have all these different opportunities and yet manage them and finding success in all of them as well, because I only think it's a matter of time before he gets an Xfinity win at this point. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's it. I mean, he not only does he have all these opportunities and all these different style race cars at all these different levels of the sport, but he's also making the best of them winning seemingly more times than not. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do at Pocono this weekend and how he adapts to these big racetracks. I mean, that's been key for some of these younger drivers that, you know, got comfortable on the bull rings of the country and in some of these short track divisions, but it's a different world when you get up, you know, to 150, 170 miles per hour at some of these speedways that uh, we see nationally across the country uh, each and every week. So it'll be interesting to, to see how he adjusts uh, as he gets more and more comfortable and more and more seat time. Absolutely. Well, speaking of adjustments, big news this week for one of our, actually the current points leader in the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts National Point standings, Lane Riggs. We talk about him, how much success he's had on the short tracks across America, including South Boston Speedway. But how about this news? Running a truck for Hallmar Friesen at IRP, making his NASCAR Chemical World Truck Series debut next week at IRP. Super cool opportunity. And again, IRP, a place, pretty much re replicates some of the short tracks he's used to winning on. So I think he could find some success here next week. Love IRP. Love seeing Lane teamed up with uh, Stuart Friesen and his race team. He's going to be one to watch. And I hear he may not be the only one on the entry list making their debut next week at irp so uh should be interesting to see uh that event next week can't wait to see the trucks back there it's been far too long one of the great short tracks of this country absolutely so stay tuned uh, as we'll keep an eye on the entry list for next week's show as we preview indianapolis raceway park all right speaking of the schedule we're going to talk about this weekend lots going on especially on the local level but kyle 
We're going to venture up to Long Pond, Pennsylvania for Arc Menard Series kicking off a busy triple header weekend for the NASCAR National Series races out at Pocono, the Tricky Triangle. And uh, like we mentioned at the top of the show, Pocono hosting Arca, the big two and a half mile racetrack uh, Friday night should be a good one. It's been a tradition uh, ever since there's been Pocono, there's been Arca, whether it be on a single race weekend like this weekend or back when NASCAR ran there two different weekends. Uh, the Arkham and Art Series has always been a part of race weekends at Pocono. The general tire delivers 200 at the Pocono Raceway, 6.30 Friday evening. Again, looking at the entry list, uh, a bit of a deeper field than what we saw there a year ago, including Sammy Smith, who we just talked to a little bit ago. So I uh, can't wait to kick off the race weekend with the Arca Series um, under the evening skies, 6.30 Friday evening at the Pocono Raceway. And you can listen to it on the Motor Racing Network. We'll have all coverage all weekend long. And speaking of how tight this Arca Menards field is, how about the points? Eight points separating the top three. That's Raja Carruth, who has zero wins on the year. Nick Sanchez has two. And then Daniel Dye, who's missed out on a couple, but he's right there in third. So the points continue to get tightened each and every time these cars hit the track. And certainly things could change here at Pocono. You mentioned it's a big track. I think it kind of evens the playing field a little bit for some of these other teams that show up to some of the bigger races, whether it's Talladega or like here at Pocono. So should be fun. And then, uh, yeah, Brandon Jones has entered too. Don't forget, he's spoiled the party a couple times this year he has uh, every time he has entered i believe he has won including recently at the iowa speedway so uh i expect him to be a contender but i don't think it's going to be an easy walk away like it has been the last two weeks or two races that he has entered for brandon i think he's going to have some tough competition in the form of our guest of a few minutes ago with sammy smith absolutely once again 6 30 p.m eastern time on mrn on friday night now speaking of nascar the nascar pinty series back and at it round number six already of the season so they're kind of in their full swing of 2022 edmonton international raceway in the bayer 300 saturday 8 30 p.m eastern again on flow racing something that's so cool we can watch pinties each and every week on flow kyle again points we mentioned it when we went over our top seven winners it's it's kevin lacroix right now but certainly things can change yeah uh, kevin lacroix of championship point leader with two wins but you know don't cut out the likes of andrew ranger and lp dumoulin uh two other drivers that have had very strong starts to the season so love edmonton international raceway and the nascar pinty series always put on a good show when they go there they certainly do all right let's go down to late model action here this weekend on the national level we talked about the red bud 400 coming in last weekend it's the second leg of the virginia triple crown it's the hampton heat 200 at langley Oh, what a cool racetrack it is for late models. Langley is, if you can't make it, watch it 6 p.m. Saturday on Flow Racing. Hermie Sadler is going to be in the booth on Flow, so that's cool in itself. But uh, this is a marquee event, especially out here, you know, in the southeast. And a uh, really cool racetrack in Langley that's going to have a loaded field uh, going for that Triple Crown. Corey Heim picked up the first one at South Boston, but he was wrecked for the checkers. So I, I can't imagine what's going to happen on Saturday night at Langley. Hopefully it's a bit cleaner than the last time they raced at South Boston. I think 43 cars took the green flag and all 43 of them received damage either during the race or, as you mentioned, after the race coming to the checkered flag when the leaders crashed going into turn one at the stripe. Hopefully a bit cleaner, although this hot weather, heated tempers. Yep. It, tune in. It's going to be a great show. Second leg of three, obviously, for the Virginia Triple Crown with the third coming up later this summer at the Martinsville Speedway in September. That's right. And Jacob Borst leads that Triple Crown point standing. So those three races 
marquee races. So far, he's got the points lead going into Saturday night. All right, how about Southern Super Series? Probably one of the hottest uh, series in the South right now when it comes to super late models. When you get Bubba Pollard each and every week that they race, Stephen Nassi, uh, they're back at it. Uh, Michael Hine just entered as well for the Summer Sizzler 75 out at Five Flags Speedway, one of the marquee, obviously, short tracks uh, across the country. And, and Kyle, the Southern Super Series has just been phenomenal this year. Uh, it's really hard to pick a winner at this point of the season. It is. Um, Hunter Robbins, I think, is, has done well. In that series as well, you mentioned Bubba Pollard, always strong when he enters. Uh, Going to be a good show, great show. Uh, one of my favorite racetracks, Five Flags Speedway, this weekend. All right, let's talk about USAC, but on the pavement, Silver Crowns, the legendary champ cars in the USAC National Series. They're out at Winchester Speedway, one of the coolest and most badass tracks uh, in North America when it comes to just its insane 37 degrees of banking. If you ever get a chance to watch an open-wheel Silver Crown or Midget around there, it's absolutely insane. Obviously, host of the Winchester 400 when it comes to late models, but that's going to be on Thursday night, uh, today, actually, when it, when the show airs, 5 o'clock on Flow. Uh, Kyle, have you ever been down to Winchester and stood and looked at the banking? It's literally makes Daytona look like a, like a flat track. I have not, but I have heard that it's quite the sight to see. This reminds me of the old Thursday night Thunder days, uh, back when ESPN would come on the air on Thursday nights from either IRP or Winchester or Salem. I guess those were the three regular stops on the old Thursday night Thunder series. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens, uh, Tonight at Winchester, can Bobby Santos do it again on pavement? He seems like he's been uh, one of the guys to beat. Absolutely. Yeah, he's red hot right now coming off IRP, sweeping those. You have uh, Cody yep. Swanson's going to be in the field, yep. obviously one of the legendary asphalt short track drivers. So should be a good show uh, coming up tonight on Flow. And speaking of Flow and speaking of USAC, we're going to go to the dirt because it's Indiana Sprint Week. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, do yourself a favor and tune in starting on Friday night at Gas City. Uh, it's eight races and seven nights. It's an incredible display of non-wing sprint car racing on the dirt across Indiana. Uh, it's It's been around for years and some of the most iconic people have, have in dirt track racing or really in short track racing in general have won races uh brian clausen we mentioned levi jones who now is competition director so pretty cool stuff uh again friday night on flow kyle you're a big usac fan especially when it comes to the dirt midget stuff uh definitely need to check that out this weekend i love the midgets i love the sprint cars and i love these weeks whether it be in pennsylvania whether it be in indiana what i don't like is mother nature uh, i uh, feel like uh, the you know you have these three four five six night events but we haven't really had them this year they've all been interrupted by mother nature at least one or two nights of them so hopefully mother nature cooperates and we can get a full indiana sprint week in uh, this coming weekend absolutely and i'd be remiss to not mention we're thinking of the east family after the loss of bobby east uh, this past weekend a legendary shoe when it came to driving anything open wheel but even had some starts in the nascar camping world truck series as well as the xfinity series uh, passing away at the age of 37 certainly thinking of bob east and his family at this time. All right, Kyle, a lot of flow local racing going on. I know Stafford's on the docket. What are we should we be looking for this weekend when it comes to short track racing, NASCAR grassroots style on flow? God, it's everywhere as it is every week. And that's what I love about flow racing. You also have Granby and Evergreen on Friday night, Saturday, uh, Riverhead Raceway back in action on Long Island with their regular program, the Super Modifieds uh, at their home at the Oswego Speedway in New York. Uh, Fonda has a regular program on dirt. You have Langley in Berlin, Hickory, Bowman Gray's back at it. Um, 
Meridian, All-American, Alaska Raceway Park, and so much more. So a lot of great racing coast to coast around this country. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to sit there on a Friday or Saturday night and flip through flow and just see the options. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to keep up, uh, when you have it all coming into your living room. Uh, sometimes you have, you know, I have two, three, four screens going at once between the midget stuff and the sprint car stuff, the modifieds and see what happened, what's going on at Jeff Striegel's track at Berlin raceway. Uh, so many options, but, uh, you know, pretty cool era that we're living in right now with flow. Certainly is. And then for both of us, they're going to be on the road this weekend with NASCAR out at Pocono. We can just, as soon as uh, we're done off the air, pull up our phone while we're in the car back to the hotel, get to the hotel, fire up the computer, and uh, catch up on everything uh, NASCAR Roots Racing. So really cool stuff. Well, Kyle, I will see you in Long Pond, Pennsylvania this weekend. Safe travels, my friend. It's like three weeks in a row we're together. I know. I mean, it's, you're going to get sick of me at this point. Well, you may this already point, be. Yes. We'll see. Uh, anyways, we'll see you up there. Safe travels. And as always, thank Same you either. folks for tuning in to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. My name is Chris Wilner from all of us here at MRN. Enjoy your weekend of racing. And of course, we'll talk about it all on next week's episode. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today.